From Houston, deep in the heart of Texas, this is Radio Rotary. Hi everyone, this is Kathy Kruger. And this is Dave Kruger. And welcome to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Today we are coming to you from Rotary's International Convention in Houston, Texas. And we'll be talking with Rotarians from all over the world about Rotary's service to humanity. We are here with Stephen Popper from Meals of Hope, based in Naples, Florida. Stephen, tell us about your organization, please. So Meals of Hope is a nonprofit organization. We're really concerned about working with hunger relief in the United States. So we have a number of different programs. Our most important one that we're dealing with, and certainly at this convention today, deals with a meal packing program. And Meals of Hope has developed over the last 15 years five different meals that are specifically geared towards people that are hungry in the United States. How many people are food insecure in the United States? So it is a silent epidemic. We're in Southwest Florida, and in our local school system in Southwest Florida, over 62% of students participate in the free and reduced breakfast and lunch program. And I am sure that the people that are listening to this broadcast, their numbers are very similar. So it really is a silent epidemic. So we have tried to figure out a hands-on approach to helping to feed people locally. Let me tell you how the program works. So as Rotarians, we do lots of great things on a worldwide basis. But sometimes we forget about the people that are hungry right in our own community. So a meal packing program, we bring that to your community where the idea is that the food will then stay in your community. So the food is both nutritious and tastes great. These are dried meals that we're packing. As a Rotary Club, what we ask people to do to organize a packing event is really only three things. One is find a location, a church hall, school cafeteria, or school gym all work very, very well. Secondly is organize volunteers. This is a wonderful hands-on program. It's great for retention for members and also a great way to bring new members into your club. 100 to 120 people can actually pack about 50,000 meals in a two-hour time period. So it's a big impact for a, a really short period of time. And lastly, we ask the clubs to do some basic fundraising to pay for the cost of food. We are the low-cost provider. Typically, our cost, depending on the size, is about 28 cents per meal. So we have lots of ways to also help the clubs fundraise to make sure that happens. But it's also a great way to bring in interact clubs and other joint club efforts, whether it's an area or a district event. The idea is that you pick an event, pick a date, we come and run the event for the club with the club's participation, of course. And everyone's seen those wonderful shirts that say Rotarians at Work, work. and that's what we're doing. But we put on our hairnets, we put on our gloves, and off we do. We pack these meals, and then the local food bank will come pick up the food, and they distribute it then to the local food pantries, again, free of charge. So it's making a big impact within your community. So Stephen, how many of these events have you done throughout the U.S. so, so far? We, t- we typically do about 200 of these from sizes of ranging from small, where maybe 20 people get involved and pack for two hours and pack 10,000 meals, to convention halls like this where we've had over 4,000 people together and packed over a million meals in two hours. We really don't care what size it is. We just want you to work and alleviate 
alleviate hunger in your community. And how many states in the United States have you been in, do you think? I haven't gotten to Alaska yet, and I haven't gotten to Hawaii, but we've gotten to pretty much every other state within the country in the last 15 years. Wow. Now, we're asking if somebody is interested, a Rotary Club is interested in this program, how do they get in contact with you? You can find us on the internet, mealsofhope.org. My email is very simple. It's steve at mealsofhope.org. This started out as a community service project of the Rotary Club of Naples. We ended up getting too big for the club, so we formed our own nonprofit. But as good Rotarians, we're very good with the money. 96% of our revenue go to programs. The other thing is we are true believers of the four-way test. So if you want to do a packing event, we don't ask for a deposit. We don't ask for a prepayment. We all live by the four-way test. After the event, we'll give you an invoice based on the amount of meals that you pack. We ask you to pay for it that that way. Wow, this is just a win-win situation for everybody. It's a great hands-on program. And as I said, as all Rotarians, we're always looking for projects that have a big impact, but at the same time, that they're not so long that it's an exhausting process or something like this. Our hope is that it's two hours. It's two hours, lots of fun. And so many of our packing events become annual events for clubs. And as we all know, hunger in the United States is still a problem, even though we don't hear about it as often as we should. Stephen Popper, thank you so much. Wonderful discussion. Thank you so much. uh, We really appreciate all Rotarians participating in any kind of way to alleviate hunger. We'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Houston, Texas, after these important messages. Deep in the heart of Texas. At this point, we all know of people who have died of a drug overdose. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of MHA of Dutchess County. MHA has a wide array of recovery programs, and they are all at little to no cost. We provide all levels of residential addiction treatment from detox to rehabilitation to long-stay sober housing. Prevention is a vital step in reducing addiction and overdose deaths. MHA is partnering with the Mark Foundation and Gold's Gym, LaGrange, to build an overdose memorial, which will be located on the LaGrange Gold's Gym property. This memorial will be a beautiful park-like setting. At this site, you will be able to memorialize anyone you lost to overdose by placing a lock on a fence or purchasing an engraved brick with the message of your choice that will welcome people to this spot. The memorial will highlight just how important it is to get treatment. If you would like to support this project or purchase a brick with your special message or loved one's name, please visit the MHA website at mhaduchess.org. That's mhaduchess.org. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111 or normanstaffing.com. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. 
Salisbury Bank is your friendly hometown bank with 14 branches throughout the tri-state area. Salisbury Bank offers personal and business banking, mortgages, and commercial loans. Salisbury Bank is your local community bank with local decision-making and high service. Your local bank for all of your local needs. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, because where you bank matters. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. We're here in Houston at the Rotary International 2022 Convention, and we are here with Razia Jan from Razia's Ray of Hope Foundation. And Razia has done the remarkable thing of opening and maintaining a girls' school in Afghanistan. So we're here to hear about some of her adventures and some of the struggles that she's had in, in keeping her school open. Razia, how did you get the school started? Um, I've been a Rotarian for over 20 years. I lived in a small town in Massachusetts. I was the first woman who was when they allowed the woman to be a Rotarian. So the businessmen around town came and said, well, uh, you have to join us. And then next year, I was the president of, course. of the <laughs> club. And then a couple of years later, again, I was the president of the club. We were very small. We were about 18 members. I'm an Afghan that growing up, I had all the privileges that my brothers had. Uh, same education, same freedom. And then what happened after 9-11, that when America started bombing Afghanistan, yes. I thought that it was not really Afghans that did anything wrong. It's just that they were used as a place to train the terrorists by people who could afford it and had the money. So I thought that what can I do to help out? And I was very much upset what happened on 9-11. And I tried to help the firemen's families and the firemen and I made a beautiful quilt in the memory of the firemen in New York and it was hung in Madison Square Garden on the first anniversary and I tried to send for the troops uh, from my local community different kind of uh, supplies for the American soldiers who were in Afghanistan and then the first time that I had a chance to go back and I went after 22 years and I, what I saw was horrifying that every girl was treated so differently than what I was treated when I went to a village gave a toy to a boy and then gave a doll to a girl five steps from me the boy would just literally beat the girl up and take her toy uh, so I just thought God what's happening and I realized that I think education is the only tool for these girls to survive because I remembered how privileged I was and so I am a Rotarian and I came back and we raised money a couple of tries and we raised about 175000 I went back and I built the school for girls in a small village and when I started it was 101 uh, students only up to fourth grade because they never had a school there. Now 18 years later we have seven graduating class that we did. We have an institute that is training midwives. 
We are training teachers with computer science and English literature. And some of my students have gone to American University. And I think right now I have over 1,000 students in my school. You got me all choked up here. And during the war and everything, you've been able to keep the school open? Yes, I have. And thank God that I think the difference between the Taliban that were 40 years ago and now is very, very different. Most of these Talib are educated. And I think they do realize the woman's right. They have restrictions as an Islamic country, but I think I have no problem giving education to these girls and I'm trying to negotiate with them. Reza, just uh, how would someone get in touch with you if they want to contribute or learn more about your schools? Uh, my website is Razia's Ray of Hope and you can go online and you can get all the information you need to and also how to support us really because it's 100% free for the girls and we provide everything for them from transportation to their breakfast to their uniform to their winter clothes to their boots and shoes in winter so and heating system for them to be warm during winter months so i think it's just thing we have proven that no matter where you are if you are really willing to work hard and to focus on a success of a nation especially the girls you know a child if a girl can even learn up to third grade she will be a great mother to her children and always try to find a place for her child to go to school. I think it's something that you can't take it away. They can take everything you have in the world. Till you are sane, you don't forget what you learn. And I think this is what I'm trying to do to these girls. Oh, thank you for everything you do. And again, that's Razia's Hope, R-A-Z-I-A-S, Ray of Hope. And again, thank you for everything. And I'm a labor and delivery nurse, so. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Houston, Texas, after these important messages. Deep in the heart of Texas. Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, aarauctions.com, is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to AAR Auctions. Tell your friends about us, and please come back often. That's aarauctions.com. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM, and there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. Hi, this is Beth Jones of Third Eye Associates Limited, providing life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. We are a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Red Hook, New York. Contact us to see how you can put Third Eye to work for you. ThirdEyeAssociates.com or call us at 845-752-2216. Subscribe to the Radio Rotary Podcast and never miss an episode. We are on every popular podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to the Radio Rotary Podcast today. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Houston Rotary International Convention 2022. We are here with Gemma Sissia, who is the founder of the School of St. Jude. Kathy was going to ask her a question. Gemma, I've heard a lot about your school. Tell me how it got started and how many graduates you've had since. From beginning to end here, let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, so um, I grew up on a sheep station in Australia, about 600 kilometers west of Sydney. And I grew up with seven very wild brothers. I think that taught me a lot of survival skills pretty much from birth. But um, after I finished university, or when I was at university, I met a, a wonderful lady, a nun, who was running a school in Uganda and she really needed math science teachers. So I said, okay, when I finish uni, I'll come over and help you for a few years because I'm a high school math science teacher. Ah. So um, I went over to Uganda and this was the mid-90s. And I don't know if you remember, but the mid-90s was the peak of the you know AIDS crisis. Right. This was before the medicine came in. So sadly, um, I was losing lots of students from my class because their parents were passing away and they were no longer able to pay for their school fees. And um, that sort of was a bit raw for me because my own parents really struggled to put myself and my seven brothers through, you know, good private schools in Australia. So I really was aware of what parents do for their kids in the name of education. You know what it's like to be under 25. I'm sure you can remember that when you're under 25, you think you're infallible and you know everything and everybody else has no idea what they're talking about. And you're going to live forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, wouldn't it be great to build a good quality private school, but one that didn't charge school fees so children didn't have to leave if they couldn't afford them? <clears throat> so I went back to Australia and told mum and dad and my brothers that I'm going to build a free private school in Africa, and you can imagine how that went down. But one of my good friends that I grew up, Agnes, she gave me my first donation which was ten dollars and then I opened a bank account and then that kick-started the fundraising for the school. I called the school St Jude because St Jude is known as the patron saint of the hopeless cases mm -hmm. and then my father introduced me to our local Rotary Club called ah. the Armadale Central Rotary Club. Now at that time I didn't know much about Rotary I just knew that they did the barbecue at our show and they have an annual book fair but that was about my extent of knowledge of Rotary so but anyway when you only got ten dollars you're willing to try anything. I was able to be a guest speaker and then they said that they would be willing to help me build the start of the school. And so using the usual Rotary Network, they brought in clubs from the surrounding area and within about two months we'd raised about $20,000. Oh my. Mm. <sighs> Then that club came over and they helped to build the first classroom. And I remember thinking, wow, this free rotary labour is actually working. <laughs> so then I got another rotary club to build our second block. And then another rotary club from Brisbane to build our library block. And then um, the central coast of New South Wales in Australia, they built my um, Air and a Rotary Club. They built my first playground. We've had matching grants for buses and water. So we've had a long history with rotary. We actually have about three 300 Rotary Clubs who currently support the school and hundreds of Rotarians whose families sponsor a scholarship. So that's my history with Rotary. Now we started the school back in 2002. Now because every child is on a full scholarship, I have to find people to sponsor those scholarships. So of course when I started the school I could only really sort of annoy my parents and my family. So I couldn't get many sponsors of scholarships. So I started the school with a huge number of students. Three. <laughs> so three kids when I started the school. We are 20 years old this year. So in 20 years, we now have three schools, two secondary and one primary. We have 1,400 students in boarding and then about 500 in day school. And then we also support
old. So the kids that I started the school with, they reached year 12 back in 2015. Um, now, because the kids get a free education, they do a year of service after finishing year 12. And so they go and work in government schools for a year. So for example, our year 12s from last year are currently teaching in 34 secondary government schools, teaching every subject from maths and physics to geography, business and commerce. And when I say teaching, they're not tutoring. They've got their own timetables. They've got their own yep, classes. So um, if the kids that I started the school with reached year 12, then they did the community service here back in 2016. If they were doing three tertiary courses, so 97% of our year 12s are going to university. Wow. So we got our first three-year graduates, business, teachers, back in 2019. Our first crop of engineers from the inaugural class in 2020. And then we got our first crop of doctors I last year. I saw that. I'm a nurse, so that, that yeah. was fantastic to see. Yeah. And, and Gemma, if I may, what is the cost per year to uh, scout to sponsor a student? So um, I'm Australian, so I can only think, sorry, okay. <laughs> in Australian dollars. But it's 2000 and uh, two around $2,000 a year. Oh. But then we have a half scholarship where two people or two entities will sponsor half of the students. Mm. Very good. And can you give us your contact information yes. for people who are interested in knowing more or contributing? Oh, okay. So um, our school website, School of St. Jude. Yeah, just Google Tanzania. And if someone wants to sponsor a student, do they just send in a check for any student or do you give them somebody to sponsor? Do you give them a, a background on the student or it's yeah. just whoever they would like to sponsor? So um, every sponsor of a child scholarship gets the school reports, they get pictures, they get letters from the child oh, every wonderful. year. We actually have a charity here in America called, and they're over in the stand over there in the House of Friendship mm-hmm. and um, American Friends of School of St. Jude. And so that's how people here in the States can get their, what is it, 5CO3? 501C3. Thank you. That's it, right. Well, Gemma, thank you so much. And, you know, you just proved what one person. And Rotary. And Rotary can do together. And look what you've done over the last, you know, 20 years. I, I love that. Cheers to 20 years. Thank you. <laughs> We'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Houston, Texas, after these important messages. Deep in the heart of Texas. Hi, I'm Krista Hines, Executive Director of Hudson River Housing, a local nonprofit dedicated to helping communities in the Mid-Hudson Valley thrive. We believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to live in safe and affordable housing. No matter what your housing concern may be, you can count on us for assistance. Maybe you're looking to buy your first home and don't know where to start, or possibly seeking an affordable apartment to rent for you and your family. Or perhaps you found yourself in need of safe and supportive shelter with a compassionate team committed to helping you overcome the challenges of homelessness. We're here to help every step of the way. Please visit us online at HudsonRiverHousing.org or call us today at 845-454-5176. Again, that number, 845-454-5176. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. I'm Meg Mullins from the Mark Foundation, supporting the Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Community. Our mission is to raise money for prevention of and recovery from substance misuse. The Overdose Awareness Memorial, created by the Mark Foundation and Mental Health America, will honor those who lost their lives to a substance use disorder. Located behind Gold's Gym in LaGrange, beside the Dutchess County Railroad, 
rail trail, it'll be a garden for reflection about the toll that substance misuse takes from our community. The memorial will feature a chain link fence where individuals can place a padlock to honor a loved one lost to addiction. The landscape garden will include a bench for seated reflection, sitting on a plaza of memorial bricks dedicated by those concerned about substance use disorder. Visit our website, mark-foundation.org, to learn more about how to donate a memorial brick for the plaza. Hi, this is Kathy Krueger, producer of Radio Rotary. If you are listening now, so are your customers. You can advertise on Radio Rotary for as little as $25 per week. Call me, Kathy Krueger, at 845-702-4410 for full details or email me at info at radiorotary.org. That's info at radiorotary.org. Our connections make powerful things happen. Uniting individuals and communities. We are Rotary. We are people of action. And together, we turn great ideas into reality by accessing our networks, our experience, and the best of ourselves to make a difference. Around the world, Rotary brings leaders together to build new friendships and to solve problems. Like in Austria, where generations work side by side to build sustainable housing and community centers. In India, volunteers run a mobile blood bank to help provide a steady blood supply for their local community. And in Taiwan, people are working hard to get vulnerable citizens the support and services they need. With over one million members, we know what people can do when they come together. Take action with us. Find out more at rotary.org slash action. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. We're back at the Rotary International Convention in Houston, and we are speaking with the president and CEO of Mediators Beyond Borders. I'll let you pronounce your name for us. Prabha Shankar Narayan. Lovely lady, cannot, I will never be able to pronounce your name, but Prabha, would you please tell us exactly what Mediators Beyond Borders does for the people in the world? Well, let me start with what we do um, as a service partner of Rotary International. About five years ago, we became an official service partner because eight years ago, at one of our strategic planning processes, we started hearing these voices amongst our own members saying, well, at Rotary, we do things this way. At Rotary, we do this. At Rotary, this is how things work. And what we realized was that about 20% of our members were Rotarians and that we had a shared mission. And at that time, peace and conflict resolution was already one of the pillars of Rotary. And so we began a conversation with Rotarians around the world, starting with our own members. We invited Louise G.I., whose wife Celia is hosting the Presidential Peace Conference here. And Louise came to our conference in Istanbul and laid out on a napkin, here is what you need to do if you want to build a partnership and a relationship with Rotary. And so with his guidance and with the assistance of amazing people like Peter Kyle, Bryn Stiles, Fergal Now, Rebecca Clow at Evanston, Rudy Westerville, many of the Al Jubitz, Ian Lancaster, these are all people I think of as having leadership within Rotary in the area of peace building. And so it took us a couple of years. We began the relationships at the club, district level, and also with the leadership of Rotary, directors, district governors. And that's how it's just grown. It's grown into this amazing partnership that now has 
services projects around the world. How many countries would you say you're working with around the world? We have worked in over 30 countries. We have partners, about 135 partners around the world, because our operational model is through partnership. So for us, it makes perfect sense that we partner with Rotary International, and we have Peace Fellows amongst our midst, and we have global grants around the world that I'm happy to talk about. Right now, of course, Ukraine is on everybody's mind. What are you doing to help out Ukraine? What we had developed over the years was experience working with people impacted by trauma because we've worked in countries recovering from protracted violence. So over the last couple of years, our global partnership manager, who's also a peace fellow, Scott Martin, has been working with Rotaractors, Ukrainian and Russian Rotaractors. So when the invasion, this particular invasion of Ukraine happened, we at Mediators Beyond Borders reached out to all of our partners with whom we had worked over the last few years. And they were Russians, Belarusians, Ukrainians. We had trained women in all of these countries. And when we reached out to them, what we recognized so clearly was as impacted as they were by that violence, they were experiencing the impact of traumatic exposure and that the best thing we could do was provide spaces to listen and for them to have a space in which there would be safety and security in just sharing their experiences. So we are now working with Rotoractors who and have developed a trauma-informed peacebuilding program repurposed it for Ukraine because everything we do is for a particular context. So while the work we have done in Kenya and Sierra Leone and Liberia and Colombia in all the other parts of the world, we are bringing that expertise, that sort of global perspective, but localizing it for Ukraine by working with Ukrainian mediators who have said we want to contribute to peace building in our country. How would people get in touch with you? What is your contact information? Please reach out to us at info at mediatorsbeyondborders.org. Say that one more time. I-N-F-O, info at mediatorsbeyondborders.org. One word. Ben is at the office. He is very quick to respond. So at any time at all, please feel free to reach out. And we would love to have more Rotary clubs and districts partnering with us. Oh, thank you for all you do. Our thanks to the great folks at the Rotary International Press Office, Chanel Williams and Vivian Fiore, for all of their assistance. Our segment editor, Jonah Trebowasser, and production director, Randy Turner, for doing the technical production on this show. For my co-host, Kathy Kruger, this is Dave Kruger thanking you for tuning in and reminding you to join us again at the same time next week for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotaryNow.org. So long from Houston. Deep in the heart of Texas Deep in the heart of Texas